Hello, my podcast family, and welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. I hope you had a wonderful weekend, and welcome to the first day of the week. Today, we're going to be in the Old Testament, Numbers, the ninth chapter, verses 6 through 8, and I'm reading from the New International Version. But some of them could not celebrate the Passover on that day because they were ceremonially unclean on account of a dead body. So they came to Moses and Aaron that same day and said to Moses, We have become unclean because of a dead body, but why should we be kept from presenting the Lord's offering with the other Israelites at the appointed time? Moses answered them, Wait until I find out what the Lord commands concerning you. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites, When any of you or your descendants are unclean because of a dead body or are away on a journey, they shall be, they, they are to cele- still to celebrate the Lord's Passover, but they are to do it on the 14th day of the second month at twilight. They are to eat the lamb together with the unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Now, to give reference, we know the Passover is to commemorate God's passing over Israel while in Egypt. It was the last of the ten plagues, and as God passed over them, those who had placed the blood of the lamb over their doors would not suffer loss of their firstborn. We know that Pharaoh's son died as a result of this last plague. God knew that Pharaoh's son would die and uh, that he would then tell the Israelites to go, like, go right now. So as the Israelites ate their evening meal, they had to be ready. Hence, the bread had to have no leaven in it. And that essentially is yeast, which causes the bread to rise. Now, if there are any bakers out there, you know that if you're going to be using yeast, it involves time. You have to place it in there. It has to become active. You have to let the bread rise or the dough rise. And there's time involved. And this is something that the Israelites didn't have. They didn't know the immediacy that um, Pharaoh would push them out. Um, But God knew. So he told them to eat hastily. And if you read in Numbers or in Exodus, you will see that they had to have their belts ready, their shoes on, all that kind of stuff to be ready to go. And so that's where this passage finds us. They have been liberated from Egypt, and now they're getting ready to partake of this cereal meal to commemorate what God has brought them out of. And somewhere, some men, some people, they've encountered a dead body. We don't know the circumstances. Perhaps it it was a family member who died and they had to bury them. We don't know. But to touch a dead body was considered to be unclean. Um, so they couldn't, that wouldn't allow them to celebrate the Passover because they had to wait a certain amount of days, which I don't remember, but seven keeps ringing in my head in order for them to then go before the priest to, who would pronounce them as being clean. But they wanted to participate in the ceremony. We heard them say, why, why is it that we can't offer, um, make offerings to the Lord? which says something about them, that they understood the importance and they didn't want to miss it. They did not want to miss celebrating God and offering and make offerings to him. 
So they went and they asked Moses and Aaron. They asked Moses, though, and Moses was the one who went up, their prophet. And in verse 8, this is our theme verse, because Moses essentially says, he hears their request, and then he says, well, well, actually, so he hears their request, right? Then he answers their question, right? Does he answer their question of what, as to what he thought the answer should be? Or does he answer their question based on what he thought God would say? No. <laughs> Moses exercised wisdom and understood the importance of getting the right answer. Because he understood that if he answered yes, what he would have allowed was, you know, unclean people to participate in a ceremony and jeopardizing, defiling the whole ceremony. If he said no, they wouldn't be able to participate and make offerings to the Lord for this particular ceremony for an entire year. So Moses understood that the request needed to go to God. And so when they came to him and asked him, his response was, wait, let me check with Jesus, <laughs> essentially. Let me ask God. And it's that simple for us, sisters and brothers. We can just ask God. We don't know everything. Let me say that again. We do not know. You do not know everything. You should not expect or think that you should or do know everything. You do not. I do not. I believe it's a sign of maturity to defer an answer or decision until you gain all the necessary information that you need in order to make an informed decision. And for us as believers, we need to go to God to get clarity on, on what it is that we should do. Even after maybe we've gathered all the necessarily, uh, necessary information, then we go to God with, okay, this is what I've been given. This is, this is a decision that I think I'm supposed to go in, but I need you to let me know, am I headed in the right decision? We have access to God, and we should go to God. I don't recall, I think I have. I told you the story of Mama having this really just crazy um, sore on her leg. And I won't get into how it got there and all that kind of stuff, but it was bad and it got infected. And this is why she was on hospice the first time and the nurses were coming out and not doing anything. And so I could tell that the, the wound was getting infected because I could smell it and all this other kind of stuff. And I remember I went into my prayer room and I literally started sobbing, going, Lord, what are we going to do about mama? I need to do something about mama. That leg, I mean, I was just, I, I was at my wits end. What are we going to do about mama? Because the leg is bad. And, and all of a sudden, this picture came in my mind of Bill's Pharmacy. And Bill's Pharmacy is a privately owned pharmacy here in Brandon. And I had been there before and I wasn't too impressed and I remember I saw that picture of the sign and I said, and I said out loud, Bill's Pharmacy? Well, what are they going to do? I don't even know what to ask for. I said, but that's, if that's, that's what you're telling me to do, that's what I'll do. And so I went to Bill's Pharmacy the next day, waiting in line to speak to a pharmacist. And they had compound pharmacists there. That was my first time understanding or hearing that word. And those are the pharmacists that actually make the prescriptions, so to speak. They can mix and <laughs> create and all that kind of stuff. And so I spoke to a compound um, pharmacist. I showed her the picture of mom's leg and she made a salve for it. And the leg healed. 
What are the parallels between these two stories, my story and Moses' story? Who's the common denominator? God is the common denominator in that he answered both of us. He answered Moses, he answered me. And since he's no respecter of persons, guess what? He'll answer you as well when you go to him. I think it's wonderful. So God instructed Moses to perform the Passover meal um, on the 14th day of the first month. You will find that in um, the first part of this um, passage, Numbers 9, verse 3. So that's when all of Israel was going to celebrate, on the 14th day of the first month. But because these men were unclean and they did not want to miss the opportunity, God instructs Moses that they are to celebrate it on the 14th day of the second month. So essentially, they just have to wait one month and then they can go ahead and they can celebrate God. It was that simple. But notice when we read the scripture, as a result of those men going and asking the question, others were able to participate. If there was any reason that you were away, it said if you were away on a journey or something and you missed it, now they understood that they had a caveat that they could, you know, if they missed it on the first month, they had the opportunity to celebrate it on the second month. Just because some people asked the question. And so this passage highlights two things for us. The importance of asking. Ask the question. How many of you have had missed opportunities simply because you didn't ask? Doesn't Jesus tell us we have not because we ask not? Hello? Ask the question. When I was a little girl, I used to um, kind of like formulate the ideas in my head. And, and I remember I wanted to go on a school trip to Mexico. I was a sophomore in high school. And I knew by then my father had passed away. And I knew we didn't have a lot of money. Now granted, I think for us to go to Mexico back then was like $500. So you know it was like uh, 1776 or something. I mean, it was a long time ago. Um... And I was going with my Spanish class. And I really wanted to go. And so every time we'd go to class, the teacher would talk about the trip. It was going to be in the summer. And it was going to be for seven days. And we'd travel to seven different cities in Mexico or six different cities in Mexico. And I so wanted to go. But I knew we didn't have enough money. But And now I recognize this was the Holy Spirit. But I heard, well, just ask the question. Let mama say no, and then that way you can, at least you you will have asked the question. Just ask. Let her say no, and you'll be done. And I remember I presented the information to my mom, and her response was, we'll see. Wait, what? We'll see. And she was like, well, let me get with my sister auntie, because we'll see, and we'll see. And so then after a couple of days, she said, give me that paperwork. I talked with, she called her Quinny. I talked with Quinny. And we're going to be able to make it happen for you. I was over the moon. I had a wonderful time. That was my first international trip. Um, But if I wouldn't have asked a question, I wouldn't have been able to go. Deborah has this saying, nothing beats a failure but a try. (laughs) So go ahead and ask. Ask God. Ask him. And then the second thing this passage highlights is the importance of going to God with an expectation for an answer. 
Matthew 7, 8 says, For everyone who uh, asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. Ask the question and know that you're going to receive. We can go to God expecting an answer. And notice I said an answer, not your answer. Not the one that is preconceived in your head like I do. I'll go to God with what I specifically want him to do. And and I ask it, but I have not really built in the fact that perhaps what I'm asking isn't what he wants from me. It isn't his will. Ooh, but that's what I want, right? This is when God shows me and will show you his parental side. He'll be as loving as a mother, but as firm as a dad, and he'll say no. <laughs> and this is where we must be big girls and boys and accept his answer because he's God and he knows best. But do we accept his answer? No, we want to know why, don't we? Why is he telling us no? Because this is what I want. I recently read a devotional about going to God and asking God for, you know, what's on our hearts. And the writer said that her mother would tell her no, right? That when her mother would tell her no, she would demand to know, well, why? And the mother said, you don't ask why when I say yes, so don't ask why when I say no. Now that's rich, isn't it? (laughs) We don't need to ask God no, because we know that he knows best. God answers us in four ways, essentially. It's either yes, it's either no, or not now, or wait. And all are positive responses to our answers. All of them. Even the no is a positive answer. We agree that our God knows best, right? So if he says no, then that means what we've asked isn't right for us. That we've misseen something that could lead to our harm. So we must trust God because he's all-knowing and he knows the outcome. So him saying no is him saving us from all sorts of (laughs) cray-cray. If he says wait, that's in essence a yes, but not at this time. He probably has other things that he has to orchestrate, other areas, events, or people before he can turn that into a, all right, you can go ahead and, and I'll grant that. The same is true for yes. This response is usually when he's given you the not right now and you've waited for what you think is a reasonable amount of time, like 20 minutes. (laughs) And he's saying, no, I still have things to do, so you need to wait it out. All three, once again, are positive responses. Well, all three of these are yeses, but all four combined, even with the no, is a positive response. The no at this time, baby boy, baby girl, trust God. It's still positive. God loves us that much. So today, I want you to go back to God and make sure you've heard him clearly. You know, especially if he told you to wait, you can go back and say, are we, are we still waiting? Are you getting ready to grant this right now? Or if you've, if you've heard him say no, I want you to thank him. If you've heard him say yes, obviously, right? Thank him. But if you've heard him say, not right now, or wait, thank him and just wait with a good attitude. Let's pray. Father, we thank you 
for our ability to come to you with our questions. We thank you for making yourself available to us that way. Knowing that we have you who are all-knowing and who love us so deeply that we can come to you and you will help us with any problem that we have. Help us, Father, to recognize that not only can we come to you and ask, but help us to come expecting your answer, expecting you to respond. And also, Father, help us to recognize that all of your responses are out of love. They are all positive. And that when you say no, we can still rejoice because we know that you've kept us from dangers that we couldn't see. That when you say yes, of course, that may seem obvious. It's something that we wanted. And when you tell us to wait or not right now, help us to know what we can do if, if you're waiting on us to, to lay down some habit that we may not need to. But help us to wait on you with a good attitude. Trusting you because you've already proven yourself faithful. Help us to, to not be afraid to come to you and ask on the behalf of others, the loved ones that we are taking care of, to bring them peace, to alleviate their pain, to give us better doctors and nurses who are competent and compassionate. Help our family members that we get along in this time of caregiving, that we think about what is best for the person whom we're taking care of. We love you this day, Lord, but more importantly, you love us, and you prove that to us every day that we wake up and we know that we're in your presence. Thank you for being our God. We pray this in the precious precious name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. All right, my caregiving family, go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.